0: let me just say a couple of things before i I share the message Uh, i've said this not only today but i've said it before and that is it is imperative that we get things right that this opportunity we have before us uh in in our salvation history i think they call it salvific history but in our salvation history we have an opportunity i believe like no other generation to get something right and i say the no other generation, because the first-century church was a different church in the sense that, if you've ever seen relay races, they were in the—they were the ones who did the scratching. They were—they started the race, yes. and they, they ran well, extraordinarily well. But the second and the third legs of the race have fallen way behind, yes. um, and so we, we being, I think, in the fourth—the uh, fourth leg or. In football analogy, it would be the fourth quarter or basketball is fourth quarter. But we are the last in the race. And I think that we have stumbled also as some of our predecessors. We've stumbled. We've not done a very good job of being the church. We have done some things that are not really good. And uh, when I say these things, I don't want you to get angry with me because you believe something different. I want you to listen to what I say and then examine it just you know see if I'm if what I'm saying is the truth by looking at biblical history and uh, looking at the things that are going on compare this church with the church that Jude talks about he says men have come in unawares or in a clandestine way like secretly under the cover and they they just uh, did some bad things they brought in damnable heresies he says damnable heresies and uh, they caused the church to sort of drift away from the, the pure message of the gospel. And uh, you and I have grown up like that. Uh, we, I think in maybe 19, early 1900s, uh, there was an attempt to recover during the Pentecostal movement movement in 1910 and the Azusa Street Revival. But then we we sort of got money hungry and then we started to use faith to get money and get wealth and get boats and cars and houses. And so we kind of lost that way again. Now, everybody wants something, but but what I want and what I want you to want is Jesus. And uh, also, when you have an opportunity to do something for the Lord, I would like for you to take full advantage and do it. Um, Because... You never know when that opportunity will be lost to you. You won't have that opportunity any longer. I shared with you when I was younger uh, in the church as a young pastor, I used to always kneel before the Lord. Sometimes I'd be prostrate before Him. It was just the presence of God was just so amazing and wonderful. And then it came a day when my knees were starting to give out on me, and uh, they just were, were just uh, calcified and all that, and I had to have knee replacement. And by having knee replacement, I can't. I, for a good while, I would get a, a kneel on my shins. I would put something under my shins, and I would kneel on my shins. And afterwards, I started to damage my left knee. And I thought, okay, I don't want to go through surgery again. I'll pray for my chair. But I'm so glad I prayed for my knees when I could. I'm so glad that I raised my hands when I could. Are you with me? Now, now, now uh, also... This message is entitled Judgment and the Justified. And I want to say a couple of things about it before I delve into the message itself. Uh, We have been as a as a nation, but then as the people of God, inundated, inundated, drowned like water's over our head. The water's over our head. We've been inundated by so many voices in the world. There's been a flood of voices. And in Spanish, that word inundate is inundacion, inundacion. Inundacion means that you have been covered over with something. A flood has come. And so uh, we have been uh, inundated, uh, flooded with so many voices in the world. And we must be careful uh, listening to the world's view about things. Uh, Some of us, many of us, I trust not most of us, but many of us, uh, our views about what is going on are worldly views. I hear, I hear believers, and I hear worldly views. I've heard people who, who don't even attend this church. They would see me out in in the uh, city, and they would say, Pastor, how how are you? I recognize you even with your mask on. Um, what do you think about? And they begin to tell me, and those beautiful people have been co-opted, and they believe like the world believes, rather than like God believes. I taught a message recently on, on think like God. You, need to, you, need to, you can think like God. And so you want to, to be careful about what you are listening to. Uh, uh, Brother Elliot and I were talking a few days ago uh, about uh, health, and I remember in the 6th and 7th grade we had what we call health. And uh, they always say, in health, in the little health books, they would say, you are what you eat. Remember that? And they would say, stay away from tea and coffee. And we didn't pay attention to that. We love tea and coffee. But but so you are what you eat. I, I was also talking with uh, uh, s- several health care professionals, and uh, Brother Elliot is not a health professional, but he's always reading this stuff. But I talked, he is included, but I talked with them, and they were saying that the the best defense against coronavirus is a healthy immune system. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm pretty right. Okay, I'm right. Yeah. Okay, a healthy immune system. So you are what you eat. If you eat junk, then you have a weak immune system. You have a weak body. And so, if spiritually speaking, if we keep eating stuff just off the Internet, off eating stuff off television and not from the Word of God, you're going to be... Feeble, You're going to be weak in the things of God. You will not do what God, the righteousness of God demands. So I want us to be very careful about that. All right. Let us let us give up all those cultural views, all of those, quote unquote, American views. And let's be biblical in everything. We belong to a new kingdom. The scripture says that that we now uh, have inherited the kingdom of God. In Luke twelve thirty two, Jesus says, "Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Uh, that's that's huge, to give you the kingdom. So, Amen. So, the kingdoms of this world are shakable. They are they are stoppable. They're uh, destructible. But you and I have received and indestructible kingdom, an unshakable kingdom, there is absolutely nothing that can shake the kingdom of God off its axis and we are trading that for something temporary okay alright, we have to watch that alright, we have to watch that Uh, now I'm going to keep preaching like this until Jesus takes me home but I'm going to keep preaching like this because I love you I love you and my heart breaks when one of us fails, Hang, hanging on to worldly things, and we fail. Wow. Let's look at what Paul says in First Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 10. And our, our message is judgment and the justified. And when we talk about judgment, we're talking about uh, cognition, the way you process things, the, uh, the, the, that which makes you aware. Um, And so it all, but subjectively, this judgment in the scriptures uh, is speaking of your opinion. I mean, so each one of us has an opinion and, uh, but objectively, it has to do with your resolve. It has to do with the resolve of God. It has to do with counsel. It has to do with advice or your agreement or your judgment or your mind or purpose so that's what it has to do with. So when we talk about judgment, we're saying that, that as believers, we can come to a, a, to have the same opinion. There are people who say, that's not going to happen. You, well, you're wrong. That is not what the Bible says. No, in the world, we cannot have the same opinion. When we are un, unredeemed, un, uh, not born again, unredeemed, we don't have the same opinion. We, 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 the world is scattered. I've said to you before that... that um, What makes heaven heaven is there's one will. I know God is there. I know Jesus is there, the Holy Spirit. But there's one will. Only one will being done. On the earth, there are 8 billion wills. If we we just say that we have one will, there's over 8 billion. And if we have a will to do this and a will to do that, they're innumerable. And so... So it's amazing, and just like in the world you have a multiplicity of wills, you have a multiplicity of opinions. But Paul teaches us that in the church we ought to start coming to the same opinion about things. We're, we've not collaborated, but we, we just think the same thing. And it's not, well, it's your opinion. This, this is my opinion. No, no, no. We're going to have the same opinion as we grow into him. As we grow into Christ, we will have the same opinion. It will, it will not matter what culture we came from, what race, what, what, which ethnic group or national origin. We'll have the same opinion. Now, you want to blow the devil away. You want to blow the leaders, the ungodly leaders away. Have the same opinion. Wow. Let's read. Paul speaking. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is imploring and pleading with the, the church of Corinth, and he, he invokes the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's serious when you say, by the name of Jesus. In, in the name of Jesus. Man, you're you're going as high as you can go. And this is what Paul does. And, and what why does he say that? That you all speak. The same thing that there be no divisions among you, church, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul says it is possible. I've talked to people before. They've come asked me a question uh, uh, Pastor, what about this? And I'll tell them what, I, what my view is. And i say, well, so-and-so told me the same thing. Or sometimes someone would, would, came, would come and say, hey, you know, Pastor, you know, what, what's this and that that's going on. This is what I think about it. I said, I could have finished your sentence. It's the same thing that I think about it. Our opinions have become closer and closer to being exact. Amen. That's because of the Spirit of God. Amen. We have the Spirit of God. We have the Spirit of God. Believers, you have to hear me. If I get my information just from the secular internet, if I get my information from secular television, if I get my information from those who don't know God, who write the newspapers, if that's the only place I get my information, I am probably wrongheaded. All right. See, the justified... The justified are people whom God has declared to be righteous. They meet God's approval. They meet God's approval. They are just. They are innocent. They are righteous now because God says they're righteous. So you and I are who God says we are. So, so the justified people can have the same mind. They can have the same judgment, the same opinion, The same counsel, the same resolve, the same purpose, the same will. So those who are justified can have the same. This is huge. This is huge. And this is what uh, all creation is waiting for us to come to the realization. That creation is known, obviously, before we've known it. And that is they're waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. As I've said to you, these are revealing times. These times are not making us, but they're showing us to be who we've always been. This is, this is serious. I want you to really hear me. This is really serious. The times in which we live are really serious. We are being revealed. And one of the things that's striking to me, and really just mind-boggling, if I may use that term, is that when God starts to move, you can't hide. When I was a kid, we used to sing songs. I've, I've been rem, uh, reminiscing a lot lately in a lot of these old songs. But there was a song in, in the denomination that I grew up in that we, we actually affirmed it was not a denomination because it was the high way of holiness, you know. But, but uh, it was a denomination, right? But, but they, would always, they would sing a little song sometimes. Come out of that corner, sinner, you can't hide come out of that corner sinner you can't hide the light has come you can't hide and this is what I'm seeing in the world today in a time that it seems like God could not be moving the way he's moving because we would somehow need the arm of flesh to help God out God is moving and if you don't see it you, you've got to pray and that, say God give me eyes to see give me ears to hear give me a mind to understand that I might see know, and cooperate with your will that's what we need. I'm telling you, it is frightening. It, it, it's frightening to see God doing something and sinful men who had crossed purposes with God can't do a thing. I'll elaborate more at a later date. I'm going to get back to my sermon. The world is messed up. The world is messed up. You know, I see a lot of things and I know people sometimes misunderstand my heart. Uh, when I say America's messed up too, I'm not unpatriotic. I'm just doing some truth-telling. Uh, we are messed up. We're the best the world system has to offer. World system, you, you can travel the world over. You will not find anything better than America. And we are messed up. We're messed up, man. I'm telling you, we're messed up. The things that are going on, we're messed up. Just, just watch a session of, of the Congress and watch a session of the Senate. Watch it with the executive branch. Look at the Supreme Court. Just look at us. We're messed up. Because we, the people of God, have been co-opted into, in, into that world system. They have deluded us, and we're like Samson, shaking without any power. But God is giving us an opportunity to reset. This opportunity to reset has been given to us by God. Amen. We are not, and we would not be resetting if we had done everything correctly. But we've not done everything right. So God is giving us an opportunity to reset. I find so many misguided believers, so many misguided believers who think that their purpose, see, God says we're going to come to one purpose. They think their purpose is to save America. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've been thinking that's your purpose. Your purpose is not to save America. Your purpose is to do the will of God. Now, if you would, yeah? If you and I do the will of God, then, then we will, God will give America another chance, another opportunity to get some things right. It will cause sinners to run to Jesus, run to our churches and ask, what must I do to be saved? That is if the church does something, something right or do the will of God. The scripture says that, that darkness is going to cover the land or, or even the earth and deep darkness the people, but his, his, his glory will be seen upon us, his light will shine upon us, and That people will see the light of God and run to the light but right now it's 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 obscured because we have crazy ideas and opinions or judgments that are not from God they're not from God they're not from God and if you're in that place come out of that place And yield yourself to God it doesn't matter who taught you if your daddy taught you your mom taught you your grandparents taught your great-grandparents it doesn't matter if they taught you if they were wrong man, you're gonna you're gonna be wrong going down that that road so you you don't do it because it was some relative uh, out of uh, uh, some kind of um, uh, historical lineage we're not gonna do that we're gonna follow what Jesus says Uh, a number of years ago I'm actually going in a little bit of a different direction than I have in other services. But a number of years ago, I had an opportunity to be made a king in one of the African nations. They wanted to make me one of their kings and one of their rulers. And we had done some nice things from the, from the, uh, from the church to them. And they were so gra- grateful. They wanted to have this big ceremony. And they, were, they had the king of that group of people and, uh, and all of his elders. I'm telling you, I have seen inaugurations. I've seen... Um, the, the crowning of monarchs, but I hadn't seen anything so majestic. Honestly, even though it was in the country and it seemed to be crude, I had not seen anything so majestic when that king walked in. I mean, it was amazing. And then all of his elders walked in behind him. they were powerful they wanted to make me a king and I had sent word that they should not make me a king and and I'll tell you quickly why but I had sent word that they should not make me a king I think the brother I sent it through was afraid to tell the king that I was not did not want to be a king and so what happened at that I I said no tell them I'm sorry I, I appreciate what they're doing I don't want to be a king I want to die a servant of Jesus Christ I don't want to die a king But also, I did not want to be a king because I would have put myself in alignment with all even of the wickedness those kings had done. I have been justified. Why should I put myself in that, in that lineage? Why should I have, as a justified person, take the side of the world against what God is saying? See, see some we still have that attitude. Well, that's just your opinion. It, well, some opinions are right and subjectively he's saying that this subjectively this opinion comes through the individual but it's still right because it comes via the Holy Spirit yeah. wow wow let me continue I'm gonna move on but this isn't if we want to save America it's it's contingent or dependent upon the church getting it right now you mark my word if you refuse to do that if you refuse to do that, you will lose what you want you hold so dear. But I'm asking you to hold God and his purposes more dear uh, than you do the world. All right? Let's look at Acts chapter 13 verse 37. And we will read several verses. He whom God raised up saw no corruption. Speaking of Jesus, therefore let, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, speaking of Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Now that's a big order, forgiveness of sins. And what we, we've, we've heard the forgiveness of sins so so many times until we become like inoculated against it. You know, it's like it doesn't have that real import that it should have. Oh, the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, I got my sins. were forgive me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still do this and this, this kind of, you got, I'm only human. You know. But but no, the forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins means it means that there was no way you could be forgiven for your trespasses against God. There was no way on the earth. There was no way in the atmosphere. There was no way in the stratosphere, the ionosphere. There was no way in the creation that uh, uh, there was no help for you anywhere in creation that you could be forgiven. That's how much God loves you. That's how huge this thing is. what Jesus has done. And so what what we find here is that through Jesus, God forgave you of your sins. So it's like, uh, or we could say God declared you righteous. So let's read. He says, let it be known that through this man is preached the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified or declared to be righteous. From all things from which you could not be justified or declared righteous by the by the law of moses and so moses's law the ten commandments i know we we talk about the ten commandments ten, ten Commandments, and you know there's some nice things about the ten commandments that is in that they're in god's word i mean that's fine but what paul is saying here is that the ten commandments and all of the law could not justify you it could tell you what to do but it could not enable you to do it it could tell you what not to do but it couldn't stop you from not from from doing it and so he said, But God found a way, and he declared you righteous through the death of his son. Let's look at Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Now, Paul. Brings it into perspective because there are some brothers and sisters among us, not among this particular church, but a part of the body of Christ, who think that they have to somehow become Jewish to really understand things. I can understand their zeal. I have no issue with that, because if that's what it took for me, I would do that. But Paul here is speaking in Galatians 2. He says, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Now, what he is saying is that we we're born in, into this Judaism, and we have been Jews all of our life. We are the seed of Abraham. We come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have, we have worshiped the most high God while the rest of the world was, were, uh, was drinking blood out of the skulls of their enemies. That's who your ancestors were. Killing and being killed. Drinking blood and doing crazy things. That's yours, your ancestors after the flesh. Mine after the flesh all of us after the flesh but he says uh, we who are jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing there's something that he says we know that a man is not justified he's not declared righteous by the works of the law but by faith in jesus christ even we even we he says even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified, we might be declared righteous by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be declared righteous. Amen. So, and this is what This is very, very big. Paul is saying that even the Jews to whom belong the covenants of God, they were the only nation in the world that had a covenant with God. Can you imagine all the people groups in the world, but nobody had a covenant relationship but them? Makes me think they were pretty special. They, so to them who belonged, the covenants had the law of God the law of God they held that law it was given to them they had the adoption of that is being declared sons of God they had the glory all of the glory of God the manifestation of God was theirs it was the only place where God was made manifest was with the Jews and in their in their nation He says, also the oracles of God, the sayings of God, they had the sayings of God. They were the only people group with the sayings of God. He said, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified, declared righteous by faith in Christ. So that's that's huge. So how much more us? He says, being justified, what I'm saying, being justified should change your attitude. So we cannot say we're believers, but we do the exact same thing. Oh, I hate that word. I mean, that expression, the exact same thing. But I've been sort of poking fun at it. So the Lord is obviously saying to me, stop making fun of that. So so, we do the exact thing. (laughs) We do the same thing, right? You know, we have done before Christ. We do after Christ, except we go to church with it. You know, we have to stop that. So being declared righteous, being justified by God, oh, it should change our attitude. It should change the positions that we hold in the world. It should change our alliances. R- remember, it's not about you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's not about you. So the positions I had as a waffling a uh, little Christian as a college student initially, um, I don't have anymore. Amen. The positions I had when I was in a backslidden condition, I don't have anymore. Amen. The attitudes I had, I don't have anymore. What about you? The alliances I had in the world, I don't have them anymore. My friends are uncomfortable with me. They can only take a little bit of me. And I'm not saying to them, Jesus, 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 Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noonday, Jesus at supper time. I'm not saying that to them. But they have an issue with me. They can only take so much. I, used to, I was wondering once. I had some very good friends in the world, and I was initially hurt. If you've had friends to leave you, don't be hurt. Listen to your pastor. Don't be hurt. They're doing what they do. They are running from godliness. And that tells you that you should not position yourself with them, nor should you have alliances with them. So that, that, remember that song? I was quoting it earlier, a little bit of it. It says, what a change in my life has been wrought since jesus came into my heart remember that oh what a change in my life has been wrought since jesus came into my heart the church i grew up in they used to say the things i used to do i don't do anymore the places i used to go i don't go anymore but but in the in 2020 many of us are going to the same places you know we go to the bar and we sing at the bar and we come and leave praise and worship in some churches Hey, I'm telling the truth the same way you believe in the world you believe now I'm watching God dismantle some things I told you earlier and uh, this may not be in the same sequence that I, I had earlier but I was telling you how uh, about four years ago, I was, I was in just deep mourning one day with God, and, I, and I, saw, I saw racism just becoming really crazy. You know, you've known me, some of you have known me for 34 years, and uh, some of you have known me longer. I've talked about racism in the last two weeks more than I have in my whole uh, life, I would say. And definitely, uh, I, I never would say it in the church because I thought it was not the gospel. But th- the Lord has, has made me a bit uncomfortable. He says, you're going to have to talk about these things. But, but let, me just say, let me just say to you, I was praying to God, and I said, Lord, I don't want my children and my grandchildren. When I leave here, when I go to be with the Lord, I didn't want them to deal with this, this, this nastiness, this ugliness that some people even deny, rather, by the way. And, and I said, I don't want them to deal with it. I want my grandkids. Because I keep thinking, I don't know if they have the facility to deal with it. You know? You know, cause sometimes when you get old, you're seen so much. You know? It's like I can steal a box. You know, I just can't do it as well, but I know what I should do. I just can't do it fast enough. But, but I thought, uh, I thought, uh, I don't want them to do it. And I was crying to the Lord, said, I, don't to do. I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, Lord. And he said, don't worry, I'm going to fight in this battle. And this is what I'm offering you today. God is fighting right before our eyes and many of us don't see it. Come on, many of us don't see it. We've got to see this thing, it's God who's fighting. God, I'm I'm, I'm so amazed at the things that God is doing right before our eyes. And those who oppose can't even stop it. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. I want you to get it, right? I want you to get it. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. I'm going to take five extra minutes, all right? Galatians 3.11 says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. And isn't that, listen to what he says. He said that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Is it evident to you that the law can't uh, justify you? Amen. Paul says it is evident. Amen. He said, why? You would ask Paul, why? He says, for the just shall live by faith. So, So God takes every justified person on a faith journey. where everything in your life requires faith so it doesn't matter if God were to give you now two billion dollars ten billion dollars There would be something in your life that ten billion dollars could not cure maybe your spouse doesn't want to be with you anymore and and you say I'll give you the ten billion they say, I don't want it (laughs) I just need to be away from you You may have a sickness, a sickness that money, the doctors can't cure, and money can't buy you health. God will make sure you have a faith journey. And most of us have cried out to the Lord, you know, in our faith journey, we've cried out to the Lord. We've said things like, Like, oh, Lord, this is so bad. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. You've been justified. You've been declared righteous. And so by being declared righteous, that means that Christ is in you. That means that God lives in you. And the things that you're trying to avoid, you don't need to avoid because God is taking you on a strengthening journey. You are being strengthened by the difficulties in your life. You are being strengthened by the difficulties in your life. Uh, As I said just uh, briefly uh, a couple of minutes ago, my life has been shaken and turned upside down by this pandemic and by the murder of George Floyd. My life has been turned upside down. I was really happy just telling everybody, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I love Jesus, right? And I've been very happy. But this has turned my life upside down. Maybe uh, you, somebody is in our audience today who would say, I'm tired of hearing about that. Well, the only reason you're tired of hearing about that is because it wasn't your daddy who was murdered. It wasn't your brother. It wasn't your son. Yeah. yeah. So God says, okay, son, I want you to talk about it. Say, God, I don't Lord, I don't know how. You've just had me doing these other things, and I've forgotten how to do that. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't lying to God. You know, if you don't lie, you don't lie to God. I said, I don't know how to do that. And I was serious. I was in fear and trembling. I said, no, I started one day to take some notes. You wanted me to pray or say something. I was taking notes. You said, put those up. Oh, God, if I don't have notes, I'm going to get up there and make a fool of myself. I'm not going to be able. He said, just depend on me and go say what I say. When I'm finished, you're finished. That's how God is working in this hour. This is an amazing hour. I don't want you to, to miss this hour. Do not miss this as a church of Jesus, because our reset is another chance for America. Our reset. If we get it right, then America will be better and will not come under the judgment. This is what I know that God has revealed to me, that if we don't get it right, America is fully judged and she becomes a third not, not uh, a third-world nation, but a third-rate nation. Amen. I've received that by the Spirit of God. i received that by the Spirit of God. You love America, you ought to love God more. But if you love America, you'll be the people that God called you to be. And you'll walk in righteousness and true holiness. That's what you will be, all right? And we'll all say the same things. So let me, let me say, read, read here quickly. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Paul tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, now he wants you to know that everybody in this room has sinned. And everyone here falls short of the glory. Not have fallen short at one time. Still falls short. Now, then he shows us that all have sinned, all of us sinners have sinned against God and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace. Through no cost to you. You have been justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Notice that everything is in Christ. We're saved by the the, uh, believing in Jesus Christ. We're saved by faith in Christ. So everything is through Christ. Now the grace is Christ. The blood is Christ. Everything. He says we've uh, been justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who set him forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. So so Jesus is our propitiation, he's our mercy seat. He is the place where all of our sins are expiated, they're removed totally, they're gone. So God justified you and it's as though you have never sinned before God. I I don't know if we understand how big that is. Maybe we don't know how nasty sin is. Sin is bad. Sin is why God became a man and died on a cross. So you don't have some little sin. Sin is bad. So, you know, we hear a lot of talk. And I want to say this. I want to quickly move on. I've heard a lot of talk in the community. Not by interview. But in the community about, you know, the crazy things that were going on for a while. And the, the these looters and crazy stuff that were going on. But I thought, we seem to forget something that's so poignant, is so powerfully pointed, we forget that we have been like that too. We may not have done the same thing, but we've been like that. Amen. You know, we, we, we forget that even in our own nation, we had people who rebelled against our own nation. Amen. You know? Am I stepping too hard? Should I lighten up? I don't want to hurt you. But we have people in our own nation who have done more pillaging and looting than these looters. Yeah. Amen. But we have held them in high esteem. Yeah. Is, that, is that something? Yeah. Boy, sure, sure is yeah. Boy, sure is quiet in this house. Boy, sure is quiet in this house. But I'm just saying that we have to change alliances I did not let them make me a king. Can you imagine King Don? I mean, can you imagine? Yes, I would have been um, like Pastor Mohan when he got upgraded to business. King Don. But I didn't want to be aligned with any of those atrocities that had been committed through that kingship. Are you with me, believers? Okay. I'm going to end right now. I'm going to end. But he says, God set forth Jesus, as it were, as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. God passed over those sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. God's demonstrating righteousness. In Paul's day, I'm telling you, he's demonstrating it now. Now, we can see it through the scriptures, you know, written about. Over 1,900 years ago, but do you see it now? I see it now. Wow. He's demonstrating at the present time his righteousness. Why? Why do you do that? That he might, God might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God found a way to righteously judge sin and to save us at the same time. That is amazing. That is amazing. God has done that. God is just. He could not let sin go unpunished. He could not let it go. And so he punished it through the death of his son. And he saved you. Your salvation cost God everything. I remember hearing an old preacher say once, God was willing to bankrupt heaven for us. That's what he did. That's what it means to be justified. Right now, you live just as if you had never sinned. You, 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 I, I, I know you've never called God for an appointment. You've gone right into the very presence of God. No matter what you were doing. You could have been in the restroom. You went right before the presence of God. Who wants to talk to somebody there but God did he talked to you there wherever you whatever you were doing I've been in trouble before I go daddy told me not to do this and I've done it and I was getting out of there God heard me right there rescued me justified folks we're justified we are declared righteous in Romans 5 I believe 19 says that those God has justified, he is now making us righteous. He is making you righteous. All right? Making you righteous. There's one thing to be declared righteous. That's a judicial decision. But now he's making us through sanctification. That's why we have to go through stuff. We don't want to go through stuff. I don't want to go through stuff, but I've learned not to complain. Amen. Amen. Father, bless your word today. In Jesus' name.